Welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have a um, we have a show for you today. That's for sure. Uh, we took off last week to to give ourselves all a little bit of a rest and um, and, and take a little bit of a mental health break. But we're back. At least two of us are. Uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be doing something special. Um, so I'm not gonna not gonna say what it is just yet, but this is a this is gonna be a special episode. So um, we'll uh, yeah we'll get there in just a second. I am of course your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined as almost always by my two co-hosts, Dylan. That hasn't changed at all. It's also two um, co-hosts. Yep. <laughs> that, I just was reading. That's that's all I was doing. That's, well, anyway, I'm joined by one of them, and he's Dylan Martin. Ayo! What's up, homie? <laughs> really curious where this whole thing's going. Oh, this it's going somewhere most fantastic. improvised episode. Yeah, it truly is. It truly is. I have so, zero clue what's happening. Um, you said sure. As well, you should. Exactly, exactly. All right, so I was sitting here thinking um, while we were trying to kind of figure out what to do, and I was thinking to myself, you know what would be cool or what would be fun is if uh, if we did one of those interview episodes again, you know, like... Um, like Justin did with everybody last year. And so, I was going to do that. I was going to interview you. And then, okay. as, I started, as I started writing down questions, I actually thought that this could be a fun game. Um, so, do you remember the game 21 Questions? Yes. Vaguely. We're going to play... 21 questions. Okay. All right. So, I'm going to have 21 questions for you. Okay. I want you to have 21 questions for me. You're going to have to think of these up on the fly, because I am too. I don't have... I have exactly seven questions Hold on, bitch. down for you. Stop the fucking... Okay. I have to... Th- I love how you're like, oh, you have to come up with these on the fly, but I already have seven ahead. So, <laughs> this so twenty one questions as in we're mm-hmm. just bouncing back and forth. I'm ask on asking twenty one questions to one another. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what that's we're do. not what I thought this uh, game was. Except, um, except we're gonna go. Wait, what did you think twenty one questions was? I thought that so. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, twenty one questions is technically the game where. You had 21 questions to try to guess. Oh, okay. Like, then I was... Okay, that's what I thought it was. And then yeah. you said this, and I'm like, yeah, it really shows. I really didn't have a friends that I played games with. No, 21 questions uh, in this version is just asking 21 questions to okay. one another. <laughs> that's fine. So I, I hate that you're doing this. So I just have to think of... Tw- it, it doesn't matter gaming, movies, media, porn. It yep. doesn't matter. Uh, maybe not that last one, but... Yeah. Which one? Games? Mm, you heard it. <laughs> anyway. All right. 
Um, yeah, we'll start. definitely. And, and, yeah, I hope. Let, let's not go back and forth. Let's. Uh, I'll give you some time to think. Kind of. I don't need time. Um, I want to start in the land of souls. Okay. Because that's that's where you. Um, yep. That's kind of where you uh, grew up. Ew. Is that the is that the correct phrasing? That's where I, I definitely didn't grow up there, but I, I spent some time there. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, the first thing I want to ask you, what was your first game in the series? Uh, I was definitely... Oh, ooh, I almost fucking lied to you. Uh-oh. So... Well, don't do that. Yeah, I know, right? So my first game in the Souls series was Dark Souls 1. Um, and I hated it. I remember picking it up at GameStop one day, and I because everyone raved about it. A lot of people in my friend group did. I was like, well, I'm going to try it. And then I got it home, and I absolutely sucked at it, and I hated this almost bleak and macabre world that they had going on. And it was like, couple that with my feeling of just despair of never being able to advance past a certain point and there was no direction. I'm like, I don't really know where to go. Like I have a general idea. I fucking hated it, dude. I, I made it to the, um, what was he? The tour, the, the Taurus demon, like the big guy who drops down on you on a bridge mm-hmm. at some point. And yeah, dude, he kicked my ass so much. I was like, I will never play this game again. Um, you're going to hear a dog barking in the background. It's not mine. Mine's well behaved. You're going to hear it. Though I'm sorry, it's the downstairs. Which one of your dogs out. is the well-behaved one? Ooh, this isn't part of the 21 questions, by yeah, the way. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Moxie's well-behaved for some, like because she can actually hear. Whispers well-behaved, like she'll just vibe out and uh, just you kind of like watch the world around her type of thing. But like Moxie can mm-hmm. hear and she'll obey our commands. But Whisper just kind of guesses because you know she's the deaf one or blind, as you so put it. Um. But anyway, yeah, so Dark Souls 1 was my first, uh, I guess, trip into the Souls franchise, however short it may have been. And then my buddy, same motherfucker, who convinced me to play the first one some years later. Peripherals? Yep. Peripherals in the Discord, a.k.a. not doxing. Um, So he, many years (laughs) later, said... uh, Hey, Dark Souls 2 is... I think... I don't want to say for sure that it's his favorite. I think... I really don't know what his favorite is. I can't... It's between 3 and 2, but... um, He was like, yo, this is so much different than the second one. I think you'll really wind up liking this. Who would he blah blah? Political lies. Some fucking bullshit. Wound up getting that game. uh, Scholar of the First Sin. Made it about the same amount of time into the game... And I was like, I do not like this at all. Um, I didn't like that macabre setting again. I didn't like how clunky I felt as a player. Like I didn't. I just didn't like the vibe, man. And then uh, I didn't pass the vibe. I did check not test. pass the vibe check. And then he he fucking preached his preachings again on Dark Souls Three. He's really good at selling me on shit. I will give him that because I did buy Dark Souls Three. And it's now one of my favorite games of all time. Um, they completely changed how the combat works. I feel like it was much more fluid. I felt faster. 
um, the world, while it, yes, was this still bleak and macabre setting, it also had much more life to it. Um, I think it had some of the most, I think it hands down has one of the most beautiful settings out of any game I've ever played. And that's when you hit the Boreal Valley for the first time and you get to see just this shining night sky and this almost monochrome canvas in front of you that's just painted in a, you know, starry, wintry night. It's fucking beautiful. I love it. But yeah, Dark Souls 3 was the one that really did it for me. But I, I played all three of them up until that point. I never played Demon Souls. Um, but do, do you have the PS5 remake? I do have it. I planned on streaming it at one point, but then I was just like, that'll never happen. But it's in there, sitting on my thing, ready to go. Um, but yeah, so Dark Souls 1, and then the following three, and I didn't fall in love with the franchise until Dark Souls 3. I still can't go back and play 1 and 2. I don't fucking like them. I like the lore of are the Are they games. just too slow? They are so slow, dude. I mean, I I really enjoy watching them being played by people who are faster at it, like the Dinos and the Hobbs and the Genos and all these people, and the Valkyries. Mm. <clears throat> um, but I personally can't do it. Like, it's just too sluggish for me. It's too dated now. Like, if they did a full-on remake of the first two games, I would consider it. But Dark Souls 3 just has that polished perfection that I can still go back to. Yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> um, so, uh, given that I, I knew that Dark Souls Three was your was your favorite, um, but given given that, um, is this question two? You, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is question two. Given that, do you think that the because the team that did well, I mean, they're the, it's the same studio, and it's it's all been under Miyazaki, but um, Bloodborne came out i believe the year before dark souls 3 yep and um uh yep 2015 for bloodborne and then let me just double check this okay so they were probably made a little bit in tandem i would say um i mean there is a lot of reuse of assets from in dark souls 3 with Specifically with, like, Anne Orlando and, um, uh, where, there are definitely other areas. I, I just can't think of any off the top of my head. But, okay, so, do you think that Bloodborne is the inflection point for the series? Because if you look at, uh, let me, let me go to his, um sort of like discography, so to speak. Um, Miyazaki worked on... He, he was the lead on Armored Core 4, Armored Core 4 Answer, and then switched to Demon Souls. Then did Dark Souls, two years later. Three years later, we had Dark Souls 2, where he was only a supervisor. I think during that time he was working on Bloodborne and potentially Dark Souls 3. Um... Because also, in that time, you have 2014, 2015, 2016, Dark Souls 2, Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 2 is kind of like a direct answer to Dark Souls, right? Bloodborne is very, very different. Bloodborne rewards um, not only skill, but uh, rewards aggression, (laughs) That and was my exact word for it. 
Yeah. And is a much speedier version of the game. Um, so, what do you think... Do you, do you agree that Bloodborne is the sort of like inflection point where the series changed? Yeah, I mean... Without a doubt, like it, it changed everything. Bloodborne was a very fast-paced game. It was a very aggressive game. The bosses met those same two criteria as well. Like there's time and time again in that game where you can be overwhelmed by just how quickly a boss can move, and you see the same thing carry over into Dark Souls Three, with not just how you play, but how the enemies around you move as well. <clears throat> like if you look at uh, uh. The fuck is his name? It's the second boss. He's the he's fast as shit. Oh, I'm gonna kill myself because I it's the easiest uh, Dark Souls three bosses. It's he's something of the Boreal Valley, isn't he? Uh, uh, Vort of the Vort. Boreal Valley. Yes, Vort yeah. Fat Man. Um, like he moves super quickly too. Um, but it it still <coughs> stayed very centric of what the Dark Souls games were known for but i think bloodborne changed everything and you can see that going into like they completely went off the rails with sekiro like that was something that like still to this day i'm like where did that come from because we yeah sekiro is the is a, a real big outlier like bloodborne's an outlier sort of but like sekiro is where souls stop being souls so to speak <clears throat> yep and it became something else and then you know they brought it back in with the Demon Souls remake, and then well, that was technically Blue Point, but um, Elden Ring came, and it's like the love child between Dark Souls three and Bloodborne ascended. It's a Super Saiyan two, um, but yeah, Super I think Saiyan Bloodborne two. was definitely that turning point. Um, all right, that's two for you. So I'm going to sprinkle in some gaming well, stuff, but whoa, I want to... Whoa, 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 whoa. You want to ask all seven of yours? No, no, I'm not going to ask all seven. I'm just... I'm, I'm, I have a theme going. Oh, God, fine. Go ahead. Okay, let's, let's, let's keep going. Okay, so... You have a theme? There's a theme within your well, game? Well, there's uh, sort of a theme. Okay. So... With regards to, I, I have my my questions broken out into multiple kind of. Must have sections. been nice to have time to think of some. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, what is it exactly that you would say is the big draw uh, for you to to these games in particular? Mm, is it is, is it the difficulty fuck, or no? It's the atmosphere. Like, ironically enough, because I hated the first two games, it's definitely the atmosphere when I played Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, Elden Ring. Um, difficulty fucking... It's... I don't want to say that I hate that about the game, because I don't. Like, I feel like it's something special, and it teaches you patience more than any other game ever will. But it's truly the art direction and the atmosphere that some of these other games that we're talking about brings. Um, it has that triumphant feeling too when you do beat the bosses and stuff. But no, it was it's. I uh, to be honest, like difficulty can be kind of infuriating. That's not what does it for me. Um, I really like getting lost in these worlds because they 
for being as dark and bleak as they are, they're really fucking cool at the same time. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay. I mean, uh, well, no, this can actually be a, a, an additional question, one that I had not had. Um, do you think that, uh, like, obviously the art direction and, like, kind of like the the world building through lore in weapons and or, or item descriptions, not just weapons, but, like, um, do you think that uh, the music is just as big of a factor in helping to build out the worlds? Because I feel like when I'm thinking about Dark Souls, I feel like I'm... Uh, or not Dark Souls, but like I'm in I'm in Bloodborne land right now, right? Uh, and I feel like all of the music to this game is very <sighs> I guess haunting would probably be the best word, but it's definitely very kind of like old school gothic horror. And the entire setting for Bloodborne is like old school gothic horror. And I think that the the music plays an especially large part in this game. Um, but uh, yeah, what? How do you how do you feel about that? Because I know you're a music head. I am, and I think it it kind of draws like that's that's a part of my answer too when I say atmosphere, <clears throat> because mm. without the music, you don't have the full picture. Um, I think the I think the game is painted out on a beautiful canvas, but you don't get the full experience, that immersive experience without that music. Because even if you're just out exploring the lands and you kind of have that <clears throat> that somber background music, they use, you know it's not really uppity and explorative it's kind of somber and it's just kind of guiding you along like you're on this desolate journey and i think like even the exploration music does a good job at painting a picture but then the boss music too does a good job at saying you're in trouble like it really paints a picture of dread and just that you're in a dire situation. Um, it has some of the best boss music, in my opinion. Like, I think of Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne, but then Elden Ring did a great job, too. Like, oh, God. I just, I remember fighting Margit for the first time. And then I think of the Morgoth fight. <clears throat> Even uh, uh, Godfrey and Horaloo, like, they were so good man like the music in those games i'm not gonna say are underrated because i feel like if you play the games you appreciate it but i feel like within the gaming community like i just wish more people could experience that because it's something special yep yep i i 100 percent agree with that all right uh last thing with regards to souls this is the last question this is question five what, five yeah okay with regards to souls there has been in the last couple of years, uh, I, I think the debate has really picked up about the accessibility in gaming and stuff like that. And uh, obviously, there are people who are like part of the 
get good community and like that's how they want you to they just want you to play these games the way that they had to play them um and they think that that makes them kind of like stronger or better you know whatever i don't fucking presume to know or care what they think but the um thing that i want to get at with this is um i think that there is a way to create like keep creative intent and artist intent intact and also honor kind of like the wishes of these people um while keeping the games like what they are and i think the elden ring was a great example of what could be done in that space um so my question to you is this how would you solve the uh accessibility or or lack of accessibility in these games i don't think you do i mean i i hate to say it like that but it's like Man, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Because I can say the same things about Neo and Wo Long and probably what is that game coming out? Life of P. Is that right or something? I make uh, that up. Lies of P. Lies. Okay. So, like, I pick up Neo and I pick up Wo Long, and I think that I will appreciate it because it seems Souls esque. But when I start playing it, it just feels. Like that atmosphere and those mechanics and that play style is just not for me. And it's not even that I'm upset about it because I just truly want to throw myself into the franchise. It's just like I tried, you know, like I gave it a shot. It's not for me. I want to move on. I think the Souls things, it's like outside of turning down difficulty, there's really not much else you could do. I think Elden Ring tackled everything about as perfectly as you could for newcomers to play. And it shows with how many people wound up picking up the game. Like them adding more revival sites or places of rest was a great idea. Um, the fact that you like even, even small things like torrent, right? Like the fact that I mm-hmm. can dash away super quickly from any scenario, stuff like that goes a long way and making one of the hardest game franchises, not so much that, anymore um you know you can you have the bell summons now which doesn't make fights easier sometimes sure but it can also make them harder too like if you look at the millennia fight she will fucking lifesteal right off of your summon and that is not easier you just activated hard mode because now she's got more health so i think they've given us a lot of tools in elden ring to make the game accessible and i think that's what they need to grab and go forward with because the only other thing that I feel like they could do now is truly turn down the difficulty, which I don't think any of us really want to see. Like it takes away that sense of accomplishment once you finally do nail a boss. Um, So I think, uh, I think they're doing great right now with making it more, I guess, yeah, just accessible. Um, Even with, from like a lower standings, uh, a lore standing like there's plenty of quest givers and stuff like that and I mean like you said the weapons right there have so much history to them and story if you just read about them on the description that it literally hands you so I, I think Elden Ring was a huge step forward in where they needed to go <clears throat> yeah yep yeah, I agree I and uh, I mean the one thing like you said like um, 
just adding stuff like torrent uh, is is obviously like a, a big deal, but like adding a jump button, like yep. I, I I can't tell you how many times I've I've like died in like Bloodborne or Dark Souls or something like that because I get caught up on like a, a ledge or you know something, <clears throat> and it, it I could have just jumped over it and then everything would have been fine. But nope. Yeah, that was much um, better because dar- fucking traversal in Dark Souls three could get tricky. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's not to say that those challenges aren't still there because they definitely are. Like you, I died so many times in that uh, tower of uh, I don't remember what it was, but the tower that's in Kalid, um, where you had to platform along the like. The beams. Oh, jeez! So many places in that. That sucks. I do remember that. Yeah, that was awful, man. Those, time, those places <laughs> are still there, but but yeah, it's um they've definitely opened up a lot of of options for sure. But okay, my first five questions are down. Let's uh, let's see what you got. All right. So this one's just this was one I think about a lot, and I don't even have an answer for myself because I'd have to go through. A numerous many, but I would like to know from your side, what is your most proud platinum or thousand gamer score game that you've completely finished? Like something that's uh, genuinely made you proud. Elden Ring. I figured it would be. Hundred percent. Yep. That's yeah. crazy. I, I like. I just the thing that that is I think really interesting about that is like I have played. Let's see, Dark Souls one, Dark Souls three. Bloodborne and Elden Ring. So that's what four of the technical, I guess, like seven games. Well, I guess I've technically played Demon Souls too. I just haven't played a lot of it. Um, so I guess what five of the seven, right? I haven't played Dark Souls two or um, uh, Sekiro, and I I will not do Sekiro. I there are things within all of the souls games that you can use to make your life easier leveling up shields stuff like that there is no such thing like that in sekiro it is just purely a get good or die fucking trying yeah and i'm not i don't want to subject myself to that for presumably 30 to 40 hours um but yeah, with, with that said, like um, I have played those games before, and I've never felt compelled to to like. I've never beaten one, and I've never felt compelled to like one hundred percent one, the way that you are basically required to when you when you go for a platinum. Um, so, for me to love Elden Ring is uh, um, enough to. Uh, take on that task um but also for me to like beat a souls game like that that was just that was a lot for me um and i I kind of was not expecting to be able to do that to be honest with you to to just beat it let alone you know platinum it so yeah that's pretty um, substantial yeah i'm working on routing uh i mean you you've been watching the streams i'm I'm streaming through bloodborne uh because 
I I love that game. Um, I just I never uh, beat it. I, I can't even remember. To be honest with you, I can't even remember where I got the first time I was playing it. I know it was well after Gasquin, um, but I can't remember another boss that I beat after that. So I I may have like ended it there. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, but I'm going through, and I, I really like this game, and I'm going to try to uh, platinum this, and that's going to be like something. You know, <laughs> it's gonna be a fucking undertaking, dude. Yeah, but uh, so. all right. So you tackled some of my favorite stuff, and Dark Souls, Elden Ring, Bloodborne. So let's tackle some of your favorite stuff. Keeping in mind that someone, when I pose this question, someone wants kind of a lively, more modern experience. What's the one Final Fantasy that you would recommend to people to play that's accessible and visually looks good and is, I don't know, you can you can get it on the two big modern consoles and PC. Um, my first thought on this was Final Fantasy fourteen, but um, the problem with Final Fantasy fourteen is that it uh, is an MMO and MMOs are really hard to get into if you are purely a single player gamer and you can't afford the kind of time sink that is required of MMOs. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean that would, that would be my recommendation. So with that said, since, um, you know, I'm not going to say that one, uh, I would, I would definitely recommend final fantasy seven remake. Um, I think it has kind of like the best of all of the the worlds. There's a s- semi turn-based option for people who like loved those old turn-based games. Um, there is a kind of like faster-paced, almost action-oriented version of the combat. Um, and I think that the story for the most part, because it follows the events of the original holds up. I think the ending to that game fucking sucks. I I really cannot stand the ending to remake, but um, that aside, I think the game is stunning to look at. I think the music is just absolutely impeccable. It's absolutely beautiful music. And um, I think the combat regardless of what way you play it, whether you play it in the, the semi turn based sort of way, or if you go the route of um, like the full on action game, I think that it works either way. And I think it works really well either way. Um, yeah. I, I think it's got everything that you could possibly want out of a final fantasy game, whether you're a fan or, or uh, completely brand new to the series which I essentially am. I need to sit down and actually make time to play it. I have it re-downloaded now, um, <clears throat> but I just got to make time to do that. But that being said, now this opens up to everything that you've ever played in terms of Final Fantasy. Who is your favorite Final Fantasy boss? Oh, shit. Mm. Favorite Final Fantasy boss... Um, 
damn, that's a hard question. Um, I kind of like the epicness of uh, fighting. Well, I say epicness in the context of where the story is um, and like kind of like how far you've come and stuff. I, I really like the final battle with um, Sin or uh, Ject in Final Fantasy X. Uh, I think it has a lot of, like, really cool character moments with regards to, like, the storytelling that's involved. Um, I think that one's really cool. Uh, that that one's... I mean, there are a ton of really great boss battles in the entire series, but that's pr- probably the one that I would say is, like... Um, like, in a, in a tier unto itself. Okay. I, I really expected something from uh, <clears throat> eight or seven. Yeah, I see. And the thing is, I was trying to think of which ones of those I loved. Um, but like, I I really feel like the ones that like are beloved are the ones that are always talked about. Like, I think that like you get into kind of like Final Fantasy seven. It's obviously Sephiroth and it's obviously the weapons. Um, Final Fantasy eight. I think that first fight with idea on the kind of like uh, float the parade float is a really iconic one i i really fucking love that one but um it's just i don't know it's it's hard to to take those on their own merits because i, I kind of feel like everyone knows those everyone loves those those are the ones that always get talked about you know what i mean yeah i do <clears throat> all right so what would you like to see the next Final Fantasy MMO do differently? So let's just say it's Final Fantasy 17. That's the next MMO. What from 14 do they need to do differently to make it something new and fresh and something that you wish it does already? Um, I really think that some... This isn't really necessarily a critique of 14 so much as is a critique of MMOs in general I really think that if Final Fantasy wants to dip its toes in this realm again it needs to kind of do away with fetch quests um, ooh that's a that's an MMO staple yeah yeah the the thing is is I, I understand why they exist and and Final Fantasy 17 has a really or sorry not eight, yet 14 god <laughs> good lord uh, it has a really um, interesting kind of way of, of making fetch quests feel interesting. Like, in the beginning, when you are figuring out, like, your classes and stuff like that. I, I mean, it goes all the way through, through, like, large parts of the game. But, like, when you're first sitting in the MMO... The first thing that I noticed versus something like WoW is that with 14, every single quest giver has some sort of explanation as to why you're doing the things that you're doing uh, and why they need the pieces that they need. Um, I feel like I remember every experience I had with WoW was a situation where they were just like, okay, go, go do this. And like... Even though it's a simple little text box, it makes a gigantic difference because it's like 
oh, there's a reason for me to do this. There's a reason that, like, this character needs this item or or whatever. Um, and it helps to open up... It, it kind of helps to make you feel invested in the world, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I think that that is a, a, a huge step up. But I still think that those tasks are incredibly tedious. They slow down the game so much that it, it kind of like makes them hard to recommend in some ways uh, because you think of like side quests and side content in some of these other games uh, especially like The Witcher for example you think of a side quest in that and you think of like this elaborate story that like has like nuanced portrayals of characters and has like uh, defi- like really defined thematic parallels to stuff that you're you're doing with the main quest. Like for instance, you you always talk about the Bloody Baron quest, right? Yep. Like that's a really beautiful reflection of kind of the theme of fatherhood that the entire game is kind of building around. You know what I mean? Because like the game's got what three different endings? Uh, at the least, yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm sure it's more, but like the the three ones that like everyone kind of I think knows about for sure is like, um, it has to do with your relationship with Siri in particular, and the whole thing's about fatherhood and and uh, raising children kind of right, and Bloody Baron is kind of like a reflection of that. Like this is one of the paths that Geralt could go down. Um, and like, I think that that's wonderful. And then you look at something like, uh, some of the, the, the side quest in like, say Elden Ring and like that stuff isn't, isn't like incredibly like thematically like, I don't know. I don't want to say resonant, but like it isn't like witcher level writing on those but like it is powerful and it is like i think saying stuff that like you're not necessarily getting out of the main story and i think that like there's a huge missed opportunity in mmos to add that sort of necessary context and that sort of like broad appeal of having like light duty activities I, I think know. like <clears throat> when I when I think of that question too, because I I mean I agree. Like I love World of Warcraft, and I truly do not mind fetch quests. But I I I like to imagine a world where the quests aren't bloody barren level, but they're just beyond fetch quests, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that would be insane because the game has so much lore to build around it. And while you are picking up lore from these fetch quests for sure. There's still fetch quests at the end of the day, so opening that up more would be kind of substantial, and I would love to see that too. Just as a as a next generational MMO step forward, I think not just for a Final Fantasy, but for all of them. Just you know, wherever they go from here, I think that would be a great, great step. Um, that being said, last question in regards to Final Fantasy for you. So I spend a lot of time wishing that I had 
I guess a game that I could take along with me wherever I want to go in regards to a mobile game that I can just spend time on. I can open up for five minutes or an hour and I can play. But I, I don't really have one of those yet that I'm addicted to. So I guess my question for you is, would you like to see some sort of a Final Fantasy mobile game in the sense of a Hearthstone or something beyond that, even like a Tactics or something like that? Like, would you like to see that so it's in your pocket and you can just pull out a little Final Fantasy game wherever? Or do you want them to stray far away from that? Um, I feel like those games tend to end up in sort of like uh, what what's it called? Like loot box or oh, gotcha? You're definitely going to have some microtransactions on there. It's a free yeah. to download game. All right. Yeah. So would you like in the same sense of a Hearthstone? Like, even though like I can download it and I can play it, there's definitely some transactions in there I can be doing too. So. Uh, yeah. There is a game, a uh, 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 mini game in. Final Fantasy 8, 9, and 14 called Triple Triad. It's a card game, and it is... I think in 8, it's the best version of that game, but 14 comes kind of close. Uh, 9, I don't like as much because it added in things that are seemingly simple, but end up kind of like ruining the simplicity of the game in a weird way. Um, so that's not my favorite version, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I would be so down for a triple triad mobile game. Yeah. It, it's, uh, the, basically the way that it works is like, it's a, uh, three by three grid where cards are placed down and they have numbers on all four sides of the card. And, um, that number, it can, Basically, so let's say you lay down one in, like, the middle, and the card has, up top, it has the number four. To the right, it has the number six. To the left, it has the number two. And then to the bottom, it has the number nine. So if someone were to play to the left of that card a three or above, they would effectively gain control of that card. And the point of the game is to try to... um, gain as many cards as possible out of the, the nine and whoever has the most cards at the end wins the game. Um, it's very simple and can get incredibly complex with the, uh, different like rules and, um, yeah, it looks wild. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it is really, really fun and really, really addicting. And I spent way too much fucking time as a child uh just playing just playing this stupid little card game that's how every witcher 3 player feels about gwent we all understand dude gwent was so good and i am like incredibly sad that the the gwent game got taken offline because like gwent is absolutely incredible and arguably the best part of Witcher 3. I wouldn't say that, but it could be argued that that is the case. I'm sitting here thinking of all the best girls in the game, and I'm like, those are my arguments. <laughs> Triss, Yin, Kira, yeah. uh, Vesemir. So those were mine. Those are my five. 
Okay. All right. Let's cool. move on to your one last question. Uh, my one one last question. Yep. This is the twenty first. Mm, is it? Uh huh. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, staying in the land of video games, uh, I I don't I genuinely don't think that I know this. I um. I know that you play PC games, obviously. Um, that's kind of like you're sort of a PC master race. Uh, Whoa, movie. you're. I said sort of, sort of. Okay. Um, but uh, where did you start gaming? Like, what was your first system? God damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you die? Fuck, man. No. God, that that's hard because I know I played the NES. I know I no, it's definitely the SNES was my first one. Um, okay. I remember playing the NES. I don't remember who had it, but the SNES was definitely my original. And then I had an OG Game Boy as well. Um, I remember spending the most time on the PlayStation One and the N sixty four. Um. But the Super Nintendo was my first. I remember playing the hell out of some Mario Kart, like Tetris and all this shit. Like, just smaller games back then. But, man, when I got the PlayStation, that's when it truly opened me up to the Crashes and Spyros and fucking Gran Turismo, Turok, whatever. Like, there was there were so many different games. But, yeah, I started on the good old SNES. Hell, yeah. SNES. Do you remember... Uh what your first, your very first video game you ever played was? I don't think I do. I don't like. I have a lot because I can't piece together where some of my timeline memories are coming from. I just like it was. I really couldn't tell you what my first one was at all. Okay. Yeah, I can tell you I the first a... game I ever beat by myself was. Oh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But I don't... So, that's kind of sad, man. I wish I knew the first game I ever played. The only reason that I know what my... The first game I ever played was was because it was the pack-in game. It was the what? The the pack-in game. Like, the game that came with the console. Oh. the Or the bundled, I guess, game. What was it? Sonic 2. My first system was the Sega Genesis. Yeah, dude. I never owned a Sega console in my life. Oh, uh, dude, Sega. Sega's Genesis was fucking rad, and the Dreamcast was fucking rad. But um, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Damn, weird. I wish okay. I knew. Yeah. Uh, well, if you were, uh, you said that you spent the most time with the uh, PS One and the the N sixty four. Would you say that that's your favorite generation of consoles? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. My favorite generation of consoles, 360 days. Okay. Oh my God, dude. Like that was such a happy time of my life. Like I had no worries. I wasn't in school. Like I thrived on during those days of playing Halo 3 and Call of Duty Black Ops. And when I wasn't trying to be a little MLG pro. I was just on the grind for achievements all the time, just playing shit tons of games throughout the day. Like I woke up, I ate some brekkie, and then I got straight onto the 360, dude, and that was 
I was living the dream, literally. Fucking bad company back in the day, man. I used to fucking thrive on some Battlefield. Um, I just have the best memory because that was around the same time as the DS. And if I was on the DS, I was absolutely playing Heart Gold or one of the Black and Whites, man. They're, fuck. There was a time, believe it or not, that Pokemon kind of escaped my life a little bit. Like, I almost went a whole generation without playing. Like, I, I bought Platinum, and then I didn't buy Black and White at all when it came out. And then Black and White 2 were about to come out. And then I got back into it, but there was just such a long drought of no Pokemon in my life. But once I got back into it, I've never stopped since then. It was Those were the highlight days, dude. I wish I could go back to that. Yeah, for sure. I, I, boy, I, I was just lamenting earlier today how I missed school. Yeah. And I missed school for like a number of reasons, but that's definitely one of them. Having no responsibilities other than like homework and being able to just kind of like chill out afterwards. Like, man, what a fucking. We had it so goddamn easy. <laughs> we did, man. Like, I think about the. Because those were truly so. Like, I. They were just some of the best times of my life. Like, it was just, it was easier back then. I might not have thought they were easy at the time, but it definitely was. And it's just, I I remember those days like they, they're the good old days. Like, I still catch up with friends. Like, Peripherals were talking about him a while ago. Like, I've known him since 2005. That was. Oh, wow. Yeah. I we go back a long time and we've played a lot of games together and not, like we'll just be catching up like two old men just like hey remember that time back in Battlefield 2 or you know Bad Company 2 it's just fuck they were they were good times man move on before For you sure. make me cry <laughs> don't cry okay um all right so uh when do you think for you you're kind of uh step towards becoming a PC master race enthusiast was Mm, only when I got one, because I'm really not at the end of the day. I think I will always be a console gamer at heart because if I'm being straight up with you, I love my PC because I can like when I'm playing on it, I can customize every single setting I want. Um, I throw up at the side of 30 frames a second now, and I never have to worry about that with a PC, but truth be told if i'm not streaming a game i'm not in here on my pc i'm over on my xbox maybe my ps5 um but it what like i always wanted one though and i never i never had a good pc it was always garbage and then at some point i had a laptop and the laptop was great but it inevitably died on us um i got fried in a power surge of some sort like the a storm came through and it was charging and it came out of nowhere and it just completely wiped it. Um, so that sucked. So I went without one for a while, but then I got this behemoth that I have now and it's fucking incredible, dude. It's done everything that I've always wanted a PC to do. I can stream from it, play any game I want on max settings. It's fucking incredible. And that's another thing. Like I like being able to adjust my settings, like I said a moment ago, and I can't really do that on a lot of, uh, console games, some are opening it up a little bit, but nowhere near what a PC can. And then all the mods and stuff, if I wanted it, like for Stardew, I've never played a modded Stardew, but it's on the horizon, but like Skyrim and stuff like that too. So, uh, I'm still a console boy at heart, but I love my PC to death. 
Hmm. Okay. Do do you? Uh, I guess this is what that was. What question three of this batch? Yeah. So, so you're up to eight. Cool. Okay. So um, my next question would be, uh, I guess, um, do you? Well. No, because you kind of already answered. I was going to ask if you have a preference between the consoles and the PC, but you kind of already answered that. So, um, okay, I'll go a different route. You love Pokemon, definitely right? do. Um, but that's always been well. It's been classically known as more of a handheld game. Uh, technically, there are console games that are available, including those on the Switch, but. Um, do you think that that series is kind of most at home on console or, or I mean on, on handheld, or do you think that there is a way to make it, um, more, I guess, console friendly? I really need them to show where they're going with the next iteration of the switch. Um, because where we're at now with Pokemon still feels very much like it's a handheld game. Like it feels lackluster in itself. Like even Scarlet and Violet, as much as I love the game, they are lackluster to me. Um, in terms of what I know can be done in regards to Pokemon, I fucking played Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. They are some of the best looking Pokemon games. I No, they not even some of they are the best looking pokemon games i've played the models are polished the world is beautiful mechanically it's great like it's a wonderful iteration but even that is handheld and it's best i think that's just what they're stuck in like they if whatever comes next is powerful and they can show us something more great I want to see an open world Pokemon that isn't full of buildings that I can't go into or it's just a grass patch here and a grass patch there. I want to see a world as teeming and with life that I just played in Hogwarts Legacy or even something like The Witcher. Like it, I need a world that's thriving and that's what I think defines a console experience. But as of right now, I'm still very much playing handheld and I don't see that changing. Like I would really like to see what comes next from Nintendo in terms of a console slash handheld standpoint. But as of right now, man, I think they're struggling to break out of it feeling like a handheld game. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel that 100%. Um, <clears throat> do you, um, do you like other, uh, handheld games that aren't Pokemon? So speaking outside of the switch, right? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> just in general, just kind of like, um, uh, handheld games in general. So yeah, it's outside of the Switch, like GameCube, PSP, Vita, that sort of stuff. And I mean, um, even mobile. If yeah. You, so if you mobile, I really like. I had this huge uh, mobile. I wish I could get into. I'll just say that and cut it there. But 
outside of Pokemon, I've really only delved into a few different franchises, the other one being Battle Network from Mega Man. Um, I was a huge fan of that, still am, still look forward to the game coming out next month for the remaster or the remake or whatever. Um, but even on my PSP, like, I enjoyed it. I had the God of War PSP, the nice little red one. Um, mm. But, like, I I would play, like, Tiger Woods PGA Tour on there, play the God of War game, of course. Uh, but even on, like, the, D- the DS and the Game Boy Advance, those were my systems of choice. If I wasn't playing one of the mainline Pokemon games, I was playing a spinoff. I'm not going to lie. I was playing Rangers, um, fucking pinball, something. Like, my... I think most of my handheld life has been nothing but a Pokemon fan and Mega Man. Like, I've, I would say 95% Pokemon, 5% Mega Man. Um, like, I, I would dabble here and there with other things, even on the PSP, but I always went back. Oh, you know, that's that's a, that's a smidgen of a lie. I played some Castlevania, Portrait of Ruin. Um, oh, there's another one I played, but I, I enjoyed those. So there's always, there's, there's been some here and there along the way, but, man, I really have always just gravitated towards Pokemon games for handheld. Mm. Okay. Yep. That that was number ten, so five of five. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I guess so. Okay. Question mark. Question mark. Here comes my question mark. What franchise do you want to see brought back? Uh, Parasite Eve. Fuck you. Uh, that was too easy. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's the one that immediately pops to mind every time I think about this question because I have thought about this question a lot. Um, but yeah, P- Parasite Eve is. That first game is really, really something special, and I really, really think that Square is missing a gigantic opportunity to do something with that franchise, because there are fans out there who will buy it. Like, no doubt, 100%, that is the case. Um, But they just have decided not to, and it's... it's an interesting that first game especially two not as much and definitely like we don't even talk about three um but like that first game is more or less a horror rpg like i i kind of don't know any other way to explain it other than that like it kind of took the basis of final fantasy 7's kind of like well, not even just Final Fantasy VII, but like the the ATB, right? Like the um the the sort of like sped up turn based version or yeah. sped up version of turn based, and kind of like made or took that and put it in a horror type setting, and then said, "Okay, here you go." Um, the story's fucking great, and I I just. I, I really do miss that franchise. I really think that there's something there that, like, they're, like I said, I think they're just missing out on it. Like, I think... <clears throat> That's such a fucking better answer than mine, too, because I'm not even going to lie. Like, if I could have anything brought back, and this is going to sound so fucking stupid, 
Like, of course, I want to see a Spyro 4, Josh. Of course, I want to see that. But do you know what I truly miss? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I want Guitar Hero back, dude. What? I want Guitar Hero back. They tried to revive it, and no one bought it. <laughs> I I need it. Or at least DJ Hero. Like, the, I know we are so far past the days of, like, games with accessories like that. But I miss the hell out of Guitar Hero as a whole, dude. Can you imagine me streaming on Twitch playing Guitar dude. Hero? <laughs> that would be that would be uh, fucking wild. I couldn't even stream it. All the songs are fucking licensed. Yeah, that'd be fucking wild. <laughs> oh uh, man, the reason I asked you that is because I have thought about this nonstop for like a month now of how much I just miss Guitar Hero. It's so sad. All right. Um, so on the flip side of that, what franchise do you want to see die or take a hiatus? Uh, Shut up. If it's going to be Pokemon. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, it's Assassin's Creed. Ah, poop, um, yeah. The, that, game, that game series, right? I I have absolutely no animus towards it. hey I hate um, you absolutely. <laughs> what the fuck? I didn't even intend for that you. to happen. I swear to God, I didn't intend for that to happen. Animosity, but animus. Um, but, uh, well, animus is also a word that, I mean, kind of technically means the same thing. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, p- point being, um, that like I really don't have anything against that series. I loved 1 t- and 2. Uh I don't remember loving Brotherhood, if I'm just being completely honest with you. But, um, like, it's still a, a series that, like, I would never, like, I would never be like, oh, it's a shit series. It, but, like, I feel like they've, I don't want to say they've lost the plot, but, like, I feel like that series used to be something that it isn't now. And, like, I know that a lot of people love the new stuff. I don't, man. I don't like the the 200 plus hour base campaign with eight expansions that are all like 40 hours a piece and I'm having to play 400 hours of a game. Like I don't fucking I don't like that. Yeah, Valhalla um, was very bloated. Yeah, yeah. And that's not to say that like what I think is is good is what should be but i do think that like there is a sect of fans that they are just kind of like not taking into account when they design these games anymore um i because i really feel like that those first two assassin's creeds are like nice quick 20 maybe even shorter, but 20-hour games. And now there are these bloated monstrosities that, again, don't even really feel like Assassin's Creed games. They're just open-world RPGs. Um, I yeah. agree, though. I mean, because I'm a huge fan of the, the franchise, but they are overdoing it, unfortunately. Um, and I, I, I know that that sounds weird, c- considering that, you know... Well, they literally just took a hiatus. What the what Valhalla was two yeah. years ago? 
Yeah. And then I think before that was Odyssey, which was like two years before that. So they kind of moved away from that yearly release schedule, but still it it somehow feels... Yeah, they got they have too much going on right now. Yeah. Um, so if you could have a comic franchise done in the justice that Spider-Man PS4, PS5 was done, what would you want to see? Oh, shit. Yeah, it doesn't um, have to be Marvel. can go DC. Okay. Uh, could it be potentially manga? Nope. Okay, just comic Superheroes. Books. Okay, yep. okay. superheroes. Okay. Because Berserk would definitely be your answer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you fucking nailed it, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, I, you know what? Berserk already has a game. It's called yeah, Elden Dark, Ring. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Or Dark Souls, yeah, just about any of the Miyazaki games. Um, hmm. I suppose. <sighs> All right, hear me out. A game in the style of Avengers single-player campaign, but for the X-Men. Uh, I don't really, Ooh. I didn't play enough of that Ooh. that game's live service stuff to really care or like i guess take note of of what it was but like the single player what i played was good and i enjoyed it could we say in the feeling of guardians of the galaxy yeah yeah even even that could work the only problem i see with that is guardians of the galaxy is it's for four people right yeah or four characters like x-men's like thirty two thousand. like so yeah but no, I I I remember a game on because we were talking about older like consoles and stuff. Um, I remember playing a game on the Genesis that was, um, I believe, called Maximum Carnage, which was a Spider-Man game where you could play as uh, X-Men, and that game fucking ruled, man. I played the absolute shit out of that game um and i would love to have something come back like that where it's like a return to here's a team uh and you have to fight towards a common goal type thing i I don't know i i I would really enjoy that i think yeah i think god x-men would be so good dude i was thinking of like uh I guess like a in terms of like a Spider-Man like single player sense like one character. I was thinking Blade or Ghost Rider for myself. Mm, yeah, I think that'd be pretty sick in like a really dark setting. But fucking X-Men would be so awesome. Yeah, especially if you could like Marvel Ultimate Alliance it and build your own team. Yeah, oh. dude. Well, they had those um those Raven Software games back in the day that yeah. were um what were they called? It, it wasn't Ultimate Alliance, but it was um. X-Men Legends, that's there what it go. was. Yeah, I don't Miss know. Miss those days. Um, speaking of old, old, the old days, um, well, not really, because this could have just happened yesterday. It could have happened today. It could be happening right as we speak. What's your happiest or one of your most happiest moments in gaming or memories in gaming? Mm, happy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> It's like you were searching for what that word even meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, I, like, I, 
wouldn't say that I wasn't happy, but I like I associate my beating Elden Ring with accomplishment, not necessarily happiness. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Um so to think about happy in the context of gaming, um I would probably say I would probably say I remember doing stuff with my my sister that was uh, Pokemon related, and and that being a really like strong um, thing for me. Uh, I haven't played games with my sister in God knows how long, but I remember having like such fun times playing with her. Um, and it's not even just Pokemon, but like, I remember stuff like we had a NCAA franchise thing set up with one another and yeah. And and she's not even like really into football and it just, I don't know. I remember that pretty fondly. Um, I, I, maybe not even just, just my sister, like maybe just kind of like co-op in general. Yeah, I think it's moved a long way personally because like I used to co-op all the time, dude. Like I was just thinking about how good of a game Army of Two was, mm. but it was because I had someone that I could consistently call up at any second and be like, hey, you ready to hop on Army of Two? I don't yeah. have that anymore because fucking life is very hectic. <laughs> yep. Yep. Even like Kayla and I, we we play uh overcooked from time to time um and like that's a lot of fun i love doing that uh the only problem with that is that uh it's overcooked is a infuriatingly tough game yeah after you told me uh, about it dude and i started watching people play it i would rage oh yeah kayla and i get so frustrated sometimes because we're like we know we can do this. Why is this not working? Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. I think I think that would probably be. My That's a good one, man. For thing. sure. Just co-op in general. <clears throat> so, while I think I know the answer to this question, at the same time, I kind of don't. And I hope it doesn't just immediately blurt out because I would have to think of mine for this but what's your favorite genre of games dude because I I mean I want to say maybe JRPG but I don't necessarily think that's true yeah uh, I think that would have been probably my answer even just uh, like I don't know what 10 or 15 years ago but um, I don't know that it still is Uh, I love jrpgs uh still to this day but um i think that there's been a lot of games that have come out uh even more recently that have just kind of like made that not the case yeah um wow that's a that's a really tough question i i don't know that I'm, I can str- answer it if I'm being honest with you. That's I'm struggling to because I love ARPGs, action RPGs. I love adv- action adventure games. I love life sims. 
but I don't know if I can nail down my true favorite genre. I think if I had to, like, gun to my head, make a choice, it's going to be <clears throat> an action RPG. Mm. <laughs> but then I'm immediately like, no. What would you consider open world action RPG? That's it. That's probably my favorite. Okay. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, and, and the the thing that makes it not easy is I play so many different types of games. Yep. Um, and I, I I love all of the ones that I play too. It's not like I I there's a, a series or like genre that I just a hundred percent dislike. Maybe rhythm games because I suck at them. <laughs> right. Um. But uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> If I had to choose, if I absolutely had yep. to choose and there was nothing else, I would probably still go JRPG or maybe just RPG in general. Because yeah. um, it, yeah, like trying to decide which one in particular of the subgenres of RPG uh, is incredibly difficult. Yeah, and then there's like Metroidvanias and platformers too. Yeah, which uh, I love <clears throat> probably just as equally. And, yeah. like, uh, FPS, I, I fucking I fuck with some Call of Duty and some Battlefield, man. Like, uh, Yep, and now I've started to somehow, for some reason, play Halo. And I'm like, God, I miss this. So I feel that. Right? Um, all right, well, so l- let, me, let me ask you, because that was your 10, that was my 10, that brings us up to 20 total. If you want to ask one last one, that's 21. Those are 21 questions. We can end this like an hour and 15, and not the two hours it's going to take us to get through the rest of it. <laughs> uh, so let's just, you know, hit me with one last zinger, one that makes me think about my entire life. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um... 21st question. 21st century schizoid man. That's uh, the words that you just said. I did. Um, okay. Let's think. Let's think. Let's think. Okay. Um, if you manage to... Well, no. I don't... Uh, I don't how do I want to phrase this question? In five years, you are mm, – do you see yourself being a – Do you, mm, damn, how do I want to ask this? Okay. Do you think that streaming is the career path that you're meant to go down? I know that was a long silence, but it. <clears throat> I think my whole life I've been taught to doubt, and it's not anyone's fault. But maybe I've learned to doubt my dreams. <clears throat> you know, like I've all I like. I used to want to be a marine biologist. I wanted to be an artist. <clears throat> I wanted to be a writer. And it just never panned out. Um. And at one point, like, 
I guess the more that I started to watch Twitch, the more that I was like, I can do this. Um, and I can do that because it doesn't matter if I have the camera on me or not. What you guys are seeing when I'm streaming is what I'm doing regardless. Like, those are my real reactions. That's truly me talking to myself about what's going on in the game. It helps that I have a chat, but if you notice whether I have one viewer or ten, I'm still chatting whether or not there's anyone talking. Like, I'm immersed in the game that I'm playing. That's just who I am, and I feel like when I put that camera on, it's no different than what I would normally be doing, and it feels right. I think streaming is the only thing that I've never doubted that it's what I want to do. It feels like I'm at home when I hit that start broadcasting button. It's like, I know what to do here, and I'm good at it. And I, I'm not trying to be egotistical. It's just like, I don't doubt what I have. And it makes me feel good doing it. It's a lot of fun. I get to meet people that I normally wouldn't have gotten to meet. And it fucking feels great having friends and people who I don't know, <clears throat> especially more recently here, come and support me because they believe in it too. And it's the best feeling in the world. And whether or not in five years from now I'm streaming for five people or 500, I'm not going to stop because it feels right. Hell yeah. That's what I like to hear. Um, okay, uh, I have one last question. Motherfucker, um, that's 22. Uh, that's well, fine. That's no, fine. Well, that's, that's what I guess where I was headed. Uh, so hmm. my la sort of my last question is, do you want to have a last question for me? <laughs> I do. Okay. But now, yeah, I guess it comes down to nailing which one. <laughs> I have a lot on retainer, but, but I, I would like to end it on a similar vein. Um, hard you put me on the spot now i know what austin felt like that last episode we did when he was like oh you're making me feel so bad and i'm like good i'm just sitting there <laughs> laughing at his fucking dilemma that was great uh, like, making him feel uncomfortable yeah it's one of the best feelings um i guess for you you i personally feel like the three of us have come a long way in the past three years. And I was actually texting you guys about this the other night in some facet. Like we have grown from three people who like video games to now, I mean, to me, it feels like the three of us are brothers. I feel like we've grown in that regard, but also this podcast has grown into something a little more like we've taken, even though they might be small steps, they have definitely been steps forward your youtube channel last year had monumental success because of the effort that you put into that stranger things video and you released it at the perfect moment you captured lightning in a bottle and it was fantastic 
I am back on the wagon in regards to streaming and being um, semi-consistent with it, you know. And then you yourself are mere inches away from hitting affiliate. Austin is finally starting to post TikTok content and actually did pretty well. Like, I mean, the fact that I think his video is sitting at 500 views, those are 500 views that something that he created reached. Like, they reached, it reached people. So my question to you is, are you happy with where we're at and what's the next step? Because we've come a long way, but this whole thing has been your your baby. So knowing where we started and where we're at now, is this where you want to be and where are we headed? Oh, man, that's a... That's a lot. Um, I am. I'm proud of where we are. Um, I think that the the small little community that we have is is um, very much kind of the um, exact uh, like ideal that I had when I when I first started doing this I I wanted uh something that I think was like I wanted to make videos and I I I well I wanted to make movies and then I I figured that videos were uh a sort of gateway into that world potentially and now I kind of see them as something that is a little bit more um uh, just similar. I, I see that you, I think that you can make, um, basically like documentaries if you really want to, um, on YouTube. And I, I think that that's a viable, um, I, how do I want to put it? I think that's a viable thing. Um, but, but, the point I was trying to get at is that like I kind of always viewed uh, like what I wanted to do as a stepping stone to something like much bigger. Uh, I no longer think that that's the case. Um, I kind of think what we're doing right now is the, is the big thing, right? I, I kind of think that like, it's no longer about making movies. It's about, building out a community and like putting up the absolute best stuff that people can find on either Twitch or TikTok or you know YouTube or whatever whatever it may be um yeah uh so I don't think that we're necessarily um far off from where we need to be uh it's more a matter of whether or not it can scale properly you know what i mean like i do i i think that what we're doing is is the right stuff i think that um the content is good to great most most of the time and i think that um that 
that we're there. We're, we're close. We're on our way for sure. I agree. And I, dude, I mean, we've leaps and bounds from where we started, so I'm happy for all of us. And it's, it's because of what you said, too. We've built an incredible community, and it's still growing, and that's what's so cool. And, like, there are people in the Discord who... I don't know, man. It's just like everyone's a part of a... F- it is truly like we're a little family now. Like, Jeff's the cr- the creepy uncle, but, you know, he's still family. Mm. I didn't even do a little advertisement for him. I should have done one. I can make one up if you'd like. No. I think I remember no. some of the places I, we're sponsored by. You don't remember anything because uh, you have terrible memory. BJ's Goats or something? Uh, yeah, that that sounds like a Jeff thing. Um, okay, well, uh, yeah, man, we, we fucking did it, sort of. We managed to bang out an episode without, a. Yeah, there was no plan. There was a literal up until the point we got into this room together, zero planning for that one. So thanks for that. You're welcome. It made it a special one. It did. Are we picking of weeks or are we just leaving? Uh, we'll just uh, we'll just call it. Uh, I don't want to say a day. All right, we'll just call it a day, show. But we'll call it a show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, go listen to music. Go play games. Go watch movies. Yeah, all those. Those things. are our picks. Those are our wicks. Yep. Um, not even not even any Instagram handles or a thank you to the fucking patrons. Go fuck yourselves. We're done. Yeah. Just stop recording. No, we just we don't click even, stop. We don't need to do that. Nope. This is done. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. yeah. Follow my Twitch. Um. <laughs> uh, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bop, Hunting Pickles, and the Culture Bop family of content. Culture Bop is available on Instagram at culture underscore bop and on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash culture bop. I assume that C stands for channel, but I don't know. Um,. You can find me on Twitter at TheBebopMan182, on Instagram at BebopMan182, and on Twitch at The underscore BebopMan, which uh, I am, uh, I think Dizzy pointed it out already, but I'm close to hitting affiliate status, and uh, I'm enjoying, I'm not, I was never a a stream guy until Dylan was like, hey, check check out streams, They're, they're nice. Uh, and then I started doing it. So, yep. uh, and I said the same thing about drugs, and he's lost fifty pounds from cocaine it's true. alone. Just on cocaine, <coughs> the Just heroin try meth. is. Uh, That's oh, such a joke. Cut oh, that part. That's so bad. There's a child that <laughs> listens to this. <laughs> no, there isn't. What, well, Jeff? I was gonna say uh, Austin. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um. Well, uh, let's see. Hello. Where am I at? I was at yours. Okay, yep. Uh, Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on YouTube at OMDizzy. And that's it, because if you're not a part of the podcast and you don't get shouted out. That's uh, a thing that was just said out loud by uh, by Dylan. Skip him. He's not here. 
Um, I Skip didn't say it. that. I love you, Austin. I think you're nope. the best man for I the job. I think you should be here to contribute <laughs> and not get... <laughs> you can find them on everything at Big Papa Play. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Just find him everywhere, all the time. Yep. All at once. Um, that's a movie. Uh, not really. Uh, kind of. Kind of. Close. Uh, anyway, yeah, let's, uh, let's also talk about uh, a little something that... Um, I have been meaning to roll out changes for the Patreon um, before March. And I've almost got everything that I want finalized. Um, But I also don't know if... um, I also don't know if... um, If all of them are really... I don't know. Uh, basically, I'm I'm still talking to people about uh, making sure that what I have set forth is the correct choices that we want to make. And um, yeah, so changes will be coming to the Patreon. But if you like what we uh, are doing and uh, you want to support us, then you can go to um, you uh, Patreon.com/slash/CultureBop and consider tossing us a pledge. It is. Um, uh, it's a fun time. It's good, good stuff. So, um, anyway, we're out of here. That's the end of the show. So, until next time, uh, goodbye. <laughs>